0: starting and going through the book of Romans an english our english poet samuel taylor coleridge wrote romans is the profoundest book in existence martin luther said that romans is the true masterpiece of the new testament and the very purest gospel a christian should not only learn learn it by heart word for word but also He should daily deal with it as the daily bread of men's souls, for it can never be too much or too well read or studied. John Calvin wrote about Romans, If we have gained a true understanding of this epistle, we have an open door to all the most profound treasures of Scripture. William Tyndall, who was burned at the stake for translating the Bible into English back in the 1500s so that um, he translated the Bible into English so that uh, the common man could read it for himself, said that Romans is the principal and the most excellent part of the New Testament, most pure gospel and also a light and a way in unto the whole of Scripture. So this book of Romans is one of the most powerful books that we can learn and that we can go through and that we can study. You'll find some of it is beautiful and encouraging. You'll find some of it that is hard to understand. And then you'll find some that is very offensive to the culture that we live in right now. And so I encourage you to... Go ahead and start reading through the book of Acts and preparing your heart and your mind to receive what what the Word of God says in this powerful book uh, of Romans. It was written by Paul, who was formerly known as Saul. Saul was a very highly educated and religious man that was, he was a radical against the body of Christ and followers of Christ until he encountered Jesus one day on the Damascus Road. And you can read about that encounter in Acts chapter 9. And then he became a radical for Jesus. He was a a fully devoted follower of Christ. And in Acts 13, they, they changed from calling him Saul all the time started calling him Paul. He is the Apostle Paul, which he wrote at least 13 of the 27 books that make up the New Testament. Uh, So he was was very influential in the early church as well as today. When Paul wrote uh, Romans, he wrote it about A.D. 56. He had not... Yet been to Rome, he hadn't met um, the majority of these believers. There were some that were there that he already knew, but but he hadn't been there yet. And he had plans to go there. You can read this in Acts as well. He had planned to go there on his way to Spain. And he wrote this letter to set up his visit and to give the followers of Christ that were there an exposition or a detailed um, account of the gospel that he preached. He was letting them know what he he was coming and intending to say and what he had been sharing every place that he had gone. Romans is commonly considered the greatest exposition of Christian doctrine Anywhere in Scripture, it contains an orderly, logical de- development of all of the profound or the, the majority of the profound truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Romans 16, Romans 1, 16 and 17 gives Paul's attitude and his message in a bite-sized capsule. I love this passage of scripture in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is Is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. God, as we open up your word this morning, we just welcome you in this place, wherever this place may be. Oh, God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would, that your Holy Spirit would come and that you would help us to just focus on you and focus on your word and i pray that we would take to heart what you have to say to us today and let us let us hear and learn and get, gain even a stronger hunger to know who you are and what you've done for us in jesus name everybody say it amen the gospel equals good news it means good news and the gospel is truly good news. We'll find as we go through Romans that, that the gospel is good news, not just good advice. And we'll find also that the gospel is not only good news, it is the best news you could ever receive or ever learn. It is the best news. We'll find that the gospel, this Good news is not only meant to be known and experienced, but it's meant to be shared. There are six things to know, real quickly this morning, six things to know about the gospel that we find in the first 17 verses of this first chapter of Romans. Six things to know about the gospel. The first thing that we see is that the gospel is from God. The gospel is from God. Romans one one and two. It says this: Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Verse two: The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy spirit in the holy Scripture. So the gospel is from God. You need to know that the gospel is from God and it is not it's not an afterthought. In fact, it was this was thought of in the mind and the heart and the intentions of God way before even the before time began. God willed it. He thought it. He planned it and he purposed This gospel, in fact, in Ephesians chapter 1, it says this, starting with verse 3, in the message version. How blessed is God, and what a blessing He is. He's the Father of our Master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in Him. Long before, listen, long before He laid down earth's foundations, He had you in mind. That is awesome. And it settled on us as the focus of his love. To be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. (laughs) What a pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. So this gospel, this good news is from God and it was planned before the foundation of the earth. God's focus. And if you've ever felt like you weren't loved, if you've ever felt like you weren't accepted, if you ever felt like you weren't pursued, you need to know that this good news, this gospel, you are loved and you are pursued by the almighty God that thought of you way before you were ever even in your mother's womb. That's awesome. It's good news. It's the the best news that you could ever know or learn about the second thing that we see about the gospel is the gospel is about jesus it's about jesus romans 1 verse 3 says this it's regarding his son who as to his earthly life was a descendant of david and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of god in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. The gospel, this good news is from God, and it's about Jesus. The gospel is all about who Jesus is and what Jesus did. We were lost in our sin when Jesus came to earth. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died on a rugged cross to pay the penalty for your And my sin, he bodily rose from the grave, proving that he was an acceptable payment for our sin, providing a way that we could have a close relationship with God that gives us eternal life to spend with God, to spend with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And one of these days, every single person, whether they do it here right now or do it in the future, every single person will acknowledge that it's all about Jesus. Philippians 2 says this, verse 9, Therefore, after Jesus did all of this here on earth, and he rose from the, he rose from the grave, it says this, to the glory of God the Father. So one of these days, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And right now, this is the best news that we could ever have. That Jesus Christ came and loved us enough and he pursued us enough to the point to where he would pay the price for our sin so that we could have a relationship with him. And right now, we have the opportunity to bow And say and acknowledge who he is. All right, the third thing the gospel is from God, the gospel is about Jesus. And then, number three, we see in these first few verses of this powerful book the gospel produces obedience. The the gospel produces obedience. Verse five, it says this Through him, Jesus, we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. Through him, we received grace and apostleship to call all Gentiles, that's us, to the obedience that comes from faith. When we truly experience the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's not that we have to obey, At that point, whenever we encounter Jesus, just like Paul, he went from persecuting the body of Christ to being a part of the body of Christ. It changes our want to, to where we want to obey, instead of having to. It's powerful when we encounter this good news. It changes us. Number four. The gospel is for everyone. The gospel is for everyone. Verse 5 again, the first part. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all. Say all. All. Gentiles. That's you and me. Unless you're a Jew. (laughs) That's you and me. All of us. Verse 14, it says, I am obligated both to the Greeks. Man, my voice almost sounded like I was a teenager, didn't it? (laughs) I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. And I'll let you decide which of those (laughs) best fits you. (laughs) That is why I am so eager That is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. Everywhere Paul went, and he had such a heart to go to Rome because it was such an important city. But he wanted to to share the gospel with everybody. The gospel is for everyone, and everyone needs it including you. Excuse me. And Paul felt obligated to share this good news from God about Jesus that was for everyone. He felt that he owed it to anyone and everyone that would receive it. He knew that everybody wouldn't receive it, But he felt obligated, he felt like he owed it to anyone and to everyone that would listen long enough for him to talk about it, that would listen long enough for him to share it, so that they could make a decision whether they would receive it or not. He knew what the gospel had done in his life. He knew what this good news had done in other people's lives, so he felt obligated like he owed it to them to share this good news. And he did owe it. And we do too. If we have received, truly received this good news, the best news that we could ever have received, and if we have received it and it has changed our lives, We're obligated to share it. Now, you can owe somebody something. There's two ways that you can owe someone something. One, you you borrow something from somebody to pay it back. And if you owe somebody, you need to pay it back. You hear what I'm saying to you? If you borrow something and you make a commitment to pay it back, you need to pay it back. And then, but the second way is that someone gives you something to someone gives something to you to give to someone else. You owe it to give it to that other person. And God has given us the gospel to share the gospel. The Bible says, freely you have received. So freely give. Right before Jesus ascended back to heaven, he said, go into all the world. And basically said, and share the good news. Share the gospel. All right. We could stay on all of these for a little while, but I know I need to keep it where it needs to be on, online or whatever. I don't want you to get distracted. If you're distracted, if the person next to you is distracted, go ahead and wake them up for just a second. Number five. The gospel is God's power. The gospel, this good news, this best news, is God's power. Look at verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is... The what? It's the power. It is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Paul was definitely not ashamed. In fact, he he spent... The rest of his life, out after he encountered Jesus, going from one place to another place to another place, to where there hadn't been a church that had been established yet. And he would go. In fact, he had, he had already planted like 13 churches while he, whenever he was writing this letter. And he planned to go to Rome to establish the church there. On his way to Spain to establish the church there. Sharing the gospel every day. To the point he ended up, he didn't make it to Spain. He ended up actually losing his life for the gospel in Rome. And so he was not ashamed. So the question, my question today as we come to a close on this message is, are you ashamed? Am I ashamed? And the, you know, we can, it's real easy for us to say, no, I'm not. But another pretty challenging and convicting question that I even asked myself as I was preparing this message. That's not really just proven by us being able to answer that question so quickly. It's better proven by another question. When was the last time I shared the gospel with somebody else? When was the last time I brought that up? This best news that a person could ever hear or ever experience. When was the last time? When was the last time I shared that with somebody? Not while I was behind a pulpit or a. Stand. We should be unashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that changes lives. And we just went through a series of truly, I mean, there's a lot of evidence showing that we're really close to Jesus coming back. I want him to find us, find us as Zeal Church, as members of the body of Christ and members of Zeal Church. I want him to find us busy sharing the best news that a person could ever share because the only thing that you can take to heaven are souls. We should be unashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that changes lives. The Greek word that that of that word power was translated from the, the from the Greek word dunamis, the same word that we get the word dynamite from. So the gospel is the dynamite power of God. The gospel is the power of God. In verbal form, the power is not not in the person sharing. It's in the gospel. It is what's being shared. That That should take some pressure off of you. Because you don't have what it takes to change anybody's life. And God has not called you or me to change anybody's life. He has called us and we are old. We are obligated to other people to share the power of God that comes through the gospel. Because it is the gospel that changes people's lives. Amen. Amen. I hope you said it. The gospel is the power of God in firm verbal form. So, whenever we give the gospel, whenever we share the gospel, the power of God goes with that truth that has the opportunity, as soon as somebody receives that, to change that person. It's the gospel that is being shared that takes. That takes the pressure off of us. And as you give the gospel in verbal form, it changes hearts. It changes hopes. It changes futures. And as you speak, you are giving the power of God. And it's the power to save and to bring wholeness to people's lives. It's the dunamis, the dynamite power of God. That we have the privilege to share with others. Seth, y'all can come on back. And then lastly, I love this. The gospel produces righteousness. It produces righteousness. Look at verse 17. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God... Is revealed A righteousness that is by faith. Not in by what you can do, do, do. But what he has already done, done, done. It's by faith from first to last. Just as it is written. The righteous will live by faith in this good news. The gospel of who Jesus is. And what Jesus did its important because without righteousness we've earned death. No matter what you think about yourself you can compare yourself to the person that you're sitting beside right now or somebody else out there that we can always compare ourselves to someone else and find someone else that we look righteous compared to. But the Bible says that no one's righteous, no not one, because whenever we compare our righteousness to His righteousness, our righteousness is as filthy rags. So every one of us need the gospel. Romans 3, 23. We'll see it a few chapters further. It says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. All means, in the Greek, it means all. Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin is death. Wages are given to people that have earned something. And what we have earned is death because all of us have sinned every one of us. But the gift of God, the gospel of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then 2 Corinthians 5, this is just a nugget of the gospel. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, God made him who had no sin. God made him who had no sin. Speaking of Jesus. Jesus to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. That is the best news. Here's what that means. Another way of saying that is and it should be in your notes there. God put our sin on Jesus on the cross and treated Him as our sin deserved. You can put your name there instead of our and treated Jesus as Michael's sin deserved. And now, (laughs) when we put our faith in Jesus, God puts Jesus' righteousness on us and treats us as what Jesus deserves. That is the best news you could ever receive. That is worth more than anything, any other gift that you could receive. God put our sin. On Jesus. On the cross. And he treated him as our sin deserved. If you want to see the offense of sin. How much you have offended the holiness of God. You can look at the cross. Every one of us. He treated Jesus as our sin deserved. And now, whenever we receive this great news, the gospel, and we put our faith in Jesus, God puts his righteousness. He covers us with his righteousness and treats us the way Jesus deserves be treated best news that is the best news that anyone could receive it's the best news that anyone could ever hear why would we ever be ashamed Paul said I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to anyone who receives it. And then he spends the rest of several chapters breaking this down, and that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks. But if you're watching this morning and you haven't received the good news of the gospel, first I want to say you need it. You need it. You need Jesus. It doesn't matter how good you feel about yourself. You need Jesus. And I encourage you. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I encourage you to follow after me in this simple prayer and receive the gospel. Lord Jesus, I come to you right now. as I hear this good news the gospel I receive it and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin and purify me from all unrighteousness take my life reveal yourself to me every day as I surrender to you every day and empower me to live the life that you have for me to live. Thank you, God, for making a way where I can know you and serve you and be changed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.